BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Public Access America. My name is Jason. We're waiting for Jeffrey. And I just wanted to uh, start early before he got here for some house cleaning notes. We, uh, as a podcast, Public Access America, we're moving. We're not going to be on SoundCloud anymore. That's kind of exciting. We uh, we have plenty of time, by the way. M- December 6th, we will officially no longer be on soundcloud we're moving to uh red circle for all you podcasters on soundcloud red circle is free you can upload everything you want you can move you can import all of your past um episodes just in in an easy thing i mean it takes a little while i think it took me about half an hour to upload all of my episodes but you know we have i think we're on 599 episodes so i just want to say and once you reach certain thresholds your um other things become other features become available to you monetary features which is exciting you can ask for donations you can post exclusive content for that you can monetize you can get ad revenue and you can get ad speaking ads as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. So Red Circle, go try that out. If if SoundCloud has been disrespecting you as a podcaster and showing you no attention and creating no features for you, maybe you want to try Red Circle. Uh, Public Access America is now on Amazon Music and Audible, by the way. And well, yeah, our feed is up on Red Circle. It's uh, redirected that way, just to let you know. So we are officially on Red Circle. Thank you, Red Circle. And thank you, Shy, from Inspirations Beyond Disabilities and Random Chatter, as well as Unsubscribed, for suggesting the new platform. It's exciting, and I'm excited to do that. But just don't forget, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Radio Public, Amazon Music. That's so cool. Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, and the Stitcher Smart Radio app. We're excited about that. You can find our live streams on YouTube at Public Access America. We do this every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. 
But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, just 10 people. What your rights are, what your rights are. And each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people and another 10. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, forever. we've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. You're wrong. Then others will show then others up. Will also, show what up. about no children dying? That's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal. It's an internal. Of speaking the of truth. Speaking the truth. But their children were saved, and their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can, anyone do, it. can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. Hey. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? <laughs> what? We are in effect. We're in effect. <laughs> so what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change after it? You after, change, change, after you change it. After you change it. Welcome. Public access. Uh, we're going to discuss a couple things. Jeffrey got his shot, so we're going to ask him how that went. His first dose, kind of exciting, and we'll probably ramble on about that for a while. Um, hey, there's Jeffrey now, so that makes it so exciting. And you know, the weirdest thing is like Jeffrey jumps in and we're streaming and recording already, and he just jumps in and he's like, hey, Boom, on the fly. You don't even know what I'm talking about, but I've been talking for like five minutes, you know? Yeah, and I bet I can catch up real quick. <laughs> real quick, real quick. We were just talking about you, you know what I mean? Oh, hey, well, you know, that's a interesting subject, you know? Right. I didn't even mention that your uh, your ancestor was what? Was he Secretary of State or Attorney General under Abraham Lincoln? Secretary of State. Secretary of State. One of my favorite offices, by the way. Yeah, and and it's funny because like in looking at the way that I am, yeah, he was he was known for a fiery temper. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I have a fiery temper, right? But it was very much that he just did not put up with bullshit. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me. I agree. I agree. I have a, I, I, I have a hard time because I don't really recognize bullshit as like conversation. So generally, I ignore it or move past it so fast that I don't recognize it for further discussions. You know? <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, congratulations on you getting your first shot. Yeah. I'm so excited. Been, Are you having yeah. issues with your penis too? Holy cow. I mean, it's like down to my knees now. No, I don't even have pants that, that, that fit this. I have to wear my Dockers. It's like, it's like my forearm now. It's like, ah! that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you got it. And now, so now Debbie had, Debbie's gotten it. Emily's gotten it. You've gotten it. Yep. That's so now we're just waiting on dose number two. Yeah, which, and, the, and the kids now they're doing studies for kids, which is pretty cool to me. Well, they've been they've been doing studies for kids since December and January. Okay. Um, 
the first round of data is not, I don't think is supposed to be available until about mid-April. So, and when I say studies on kids, they're looking at like 12 to 18, um, right. about that range. Uh, I believe that they're just now going to start studies down to six months. Wow. So, and of course, you know, my favorite thing has been that, you know, when you see that in the, in Facebook news, you see a bunch of angry reactions and I'm like, you know, the funny thing is, is that the people that are angry and reacting are the same people who are going to tell you not to, not to get in the way of how they want to raise their kids. <clears throat> of course, of course. You know, everybody, everybody wants to be involved in your life, but nobody wants you to be involved in their life when you don't know each other. So that's a big thing these days. That's a real big thing for me is I never understood why you can't ignore somebody if you don't like the way they live, you know what I mean? And I got in a lot of trouble because I felt the same way. A racist sitting in his house by himself watching racist TV with racist flags on his walls, but never doing anything with that racism except keeping it self-contained, has the right to live that way. It happens when he decides to take action and hurt another person. And then that becomes something we need to address. But if you, if, if you want to live your lifestyle and you're not harming anybody by living that way except yourself, you have the freedom to do that. Was it, you know, and, and that's where it's, you know, racism versus hate is, is a weird, is yes. a, it's a weird uh, Venn diagram where they overlap very significantly. But, yeah. you know, the difference, you know, I think Ice-T Ice said it best, the difference, you know, when it comes to hate, hate will have you killed and not say a word. Yep. I like that. And that's, and, 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 and you, when you think about that just a little bit, you know, you expect racists to spout racist shit. They're going to say it out loud, but a lot of them won't do anything right. other than just say a bunch of racist shit. And I'm going to say 95% of people that are racist are asking genuine questions. It's just, it's just certain people have heard those things thousands of times, and now they're just irritated by the question and taking it out on the questioner, you know what I mean? Right. But somebody who hates... Uh, like that that is dangerous because you know when you think about what hate looks like hate is you know we've we've seen it you know played out thousands of times in, in yeah. lynchings in uh you know people just being shot simply because they are a certain color mm -hmm. uh you know it's and and like Icey said you know racists will talk a big fucking game and not do anything people who truly have hate in their heart they won't say a word. Yeah, no. And that's and that's where it gets tough because you can identify a racist yeah. by what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're wearing, what they're watching. But hate is a harder one to identify because when you know, yeah, some of them probably have some of that stuff on display. But what about the ones that don't? Right. I no, I totally get it. And it, I just, there's so many tangents to go on with that. Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and, I, and I would say that that's probably where we should leave it because yeah. there are people that are far more qualified to talk about that than I am. That's people true. that have, people that are far more experienced, uh, in either dealing with it or having lived through it than, than I am. Yeah. We, we had a conversation on Denton County Collective a couple weeks ago that kind of shook me because I asked a natural question. And it made them nervous to talk about. They didn't want to be on the record having that conversation. And then it made me 
question the conversations I'm having? Am I insulting somebody by asking asking a question that is ignorant? Like it is ignorant, but ignorance ignorance is not knowing. Stupidity is not wanting to know. And so I, I asked, "Is Judaism a religion or a race?" And man, I don't know if they like that. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, I mean, and that's you know when you think about it, like I know. I know black Jews, I know mm -hmm. Asian Jews, sure. I know white Jews, and and I would, you know, it, it's it's really a tough question in, in that um, knowing that anybody can be Jewish, mm -hmm. but we have this very large looming answer of Jews being systemically persecuted by yeah. various governments in history as a race as a race yeah. um, I mean even even for example, if you do a DNA kit like twenty three and me, they can figure out if you're Ashkenazi Jew right you know so the answer is yes Both. from potentially and 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 I think that would that's a that's a that's a very up in the air question because once again I'm you know having grown up Christian I'm only as familiar with the New Testament as we dig yeah. into and in, in, in as we dug into in Catholicism well, yeah. but well, but the, the question was can you be half Jewish and I, I said no <laughs> you can't be half religious and you can't be half race you can be mixed race but you're still jewish if you're jewish you're jewish right like i'm part italian which means i'm part italian you know what i mean that's, and that's, that's where the question came from and i would say i would say that can you be half jewish yes if like if you look at it from the the dna perspective of how they're trying to figure out if you're ashkenazi jew okay. um i would say that that if if that is truly a thing um that you can track in dna then i'd say the answer is yes you could i love it see there's answers um, and if if there's somebody out there that that knows more then yeah please let me know you know <laughs> you know and you know but but at the end of the day is is you know what is the question that we we are really truly looking to answer is you know is it persecution based on race or is it persecution based on religion and either have you know, zero tolerance, or should have zero tolerance, but here yeah. we are. Religion you know? is based on um, not fitting in with the other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go as far as hate. I think they're taught love, but I think they're taught absolution comes if they hate. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that just depends on whatever sect of whatever religion you're in. That's true. I mean, that's I think that's the reality is is that you know I there were some sects of Christianity where you know there were people that were willing to go die uh, you know fight and die in the name of Christ but then you had other sects of Christianity where it was very much about you know peace actually walking you know in Jesus's footsteps like yeah. quite literally doing the same actions I mean might not you wouldn't perform the miracles necessarily but the idea was you you go out and you serve the whole the the whore. The, the hungry, the poor, you know, the... Yeah, the huddled the, masses the people, yearning to be free. You know, like actually doing the things that Jesus had done. Yeah. And, I mean, you see that in every religion. I mean, you have... You have... Uh, I mean, you can do your own study on Israel. You can do your own study on, uh, on Muslims and Islam and how mm -hmm. you have, 
some that are willing to fight and die in the name of jihad and everything is jihad versus, you know, some of the Muslims that I've, you know, been uh, lucky enough to meet in, you know, in my time in, in school and they're just peaceful people, you know, most, I think it, it just, people are. and that's, and that's exactly it. And, and, and I think that's, you know, like everything else in today's world, the violence, the hatred, the anger is amplified because it sells eyeballs. Because money comes from it, yeah. And you know, I want to say, like, there was this commercial on MSNBC that I hated, and it was this morning guy, and he was like, we don't treat domestic terror the same way we treat Islamic terrorists. And I, so I, I just tweeted, just a simple tweet, and I was like, I can't be the only one offended by your Islamic terrorist commercial since Islam is a religion and not an ideal, and I haven't seen the commercial since. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, but that's you know, that's exactly it. You know? that's the, but that's the left. Right, the state. It's a guy that was formerly on the right, on the left, making that statement. So people sit there and they say that the, the Democrats are so pious and so righteous, but they they make those mistakes too, you know. And that's and that's just it. Is is that you know, the left is far more willing to just like quietly take it down, sweep it under the rug, and hope nobody caught it and brings it right. back up. Yeah. Whereas the right sometimes will just unabashedly go for it and just <laughs> keep sending it. And it's like, oh, uh, yikes, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I go from being, like, scared of the right to, like, totally just infuriated <laughs> with it, you know? It's, it, it, that's, that's my struggle with the right, too, is, is that, you know, the, I, can, I can just be absolutely pissed at them and then at the same time just go... Yeah. Man, some of y'all really need to open a book or something. Yeah. You know, sit down and actually talk with someone. But, you know, what really, you know, and this is where I get really frustrated. The right, they're an open book when it comes to the stupid shit that they're going to pull. Don't like it, and I think it's awful. But the left will be like, oh, no, we're totally going to do this, and this is great. And I yeah. mean, you're seeing it play out right now. Think about six months ago, we were screaming angry kids in cages, and now yeah. it's like children in overflow facilities. Yeah. Like, this has been, you know, it's, it's like that SNL skit, gussy it up however you want, Trebek. That's right, that's right. And just on a quick note, 127 million people received their stimulus checks, while 30 million did not, because the head of the Social Security Department didn't release that information to the irs so that disabled and seniors could get their checks and i'm not hearing any calls from the left for this guy to be taken out you know what i mean like mm -hmm. he affected 30 million people that need their money more than most and nobody's calling for that and that's on the left as well so i don't support joe biden i just right. i'm never i'm never gonna support the alternative which is a racist privileged douchebag that steals his supporters money i'm gonna support the non-racist douchebag privilege <laughs> i mean that's stealing my money you know what i mean and i mean and, and the reality the reality of this is is that both of them were shit picks like yeah like, the way that I'm looking at this, I'm like, this has to be like after Brezhnev died in Soviet Russia, and then you just had a bunch of morons for very short periods of time that were mm -hmm. old, yeah. and you're like, 
oof, and then you end up with a Gorbachev, which which I'm like, what are we going to end up with? Because yeah. I, you know, who knows what this is going to look like? Yeah, you and know, after like, Biden Tuesday, I had this thought. I wanted to ask you this question: How does it feel to not know you're never going to get a candidate? You know what I mean? Like. You're going to have to compromise for the rest of your life on the pick for president of the United States because neither side is even close to where you are. Well, the answer to that is it's frustrating because I think I think what you're seeing play out right now, you're going to continue to see play out in the next elections to come. You're going to have one party get booted out, the, the other party get voted in. They're going to spend the first year undoing everything that the previous party did. And then they're going to, you know, force through a bunch of crap that's half thought out, half baked at best. Right. And then when the, and then when people are pissed off that that didn't work and they vote the other party back in, you're going to see a year of people undoing what the previous administration did and then ramming a bunch of shit down your throat. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, the, that's the pendulum we're going to be in for a while until people s- decide to stop believing in this, this binary of Republican or Democrat. That's why I hope the GOP gets torn apart. It's why I hope yeah. the Democratic Party gets torn apart because – you know, the reality is, is, is that I think you've got progressives, I think you've got Democrats, I think you've got centrists, I think you've got Republicans, I think you've got whatever the fuck the Tea Party is, and they're kind of in this weird continuum that goes something like this. Then you have the you have the libertarians, which are down more towards the individualistic side of things, mm-hmm. and then you've got people who tend to be more socialist and they're more on the authoritarian side of things, and you know, and it's when you look at the quadrants, it makes a lot more sense. And what really, what really frustrates me and, you know, other libertarians is, is that you've got people who think that the Tea Party is, you know, what some of us would consider libertarian. You know, they're, I would say they're more far-right authoritarian, whereas I, I, I would not peg them as a libertarian of any sort. I never but everybody, have. but that's what people think of when they think of a libertarian, is they think of Tea Party, and that's not it, mm-hmm. because... The Tea Party wanted Trump to be King Daddy Trump for eternity, yeah. and that's not what a libertarian is. I don't like the idea of any guy being in power for very long, because it just ends up corrupting. You end up seeing people do things that should make you go, ooh. You see people yeah. end up passing laws that make you go, ooh. That's and right. the reality is, is that while everybody is so excited that Joe Biden is president and all these things are going to change, the reality is, is that the way that it's going to look is Biden's going to pass a bunch of laws. They are going to be ultimately, unequivocally, unequally enforced upon you know, minorities. Because why? That's exactly what happens in this country, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. Gun control laws, when you look at what the modern gun control laws look like, they come out of the fact that people were terrified of the Black Panthers having guns. That's right. And so what do you see play out constantly in the media all the time? White man kills a bunch of people, he gets to get arrested and sit in a jail cell. Black man doesn't kill anybody gun down in the streets why because he might have had a gun yeah the same day turns out he's got a cell phone or a nerf gun or you know nothing at fucking all the same day that the boulder colorado shooting happened a young boy six years old um 
was arrested for disorderly com- co- conduct for picking a tulip for his mom yeah. in somebody's yard. He sat in court with a coloring book while his while his attorney defended him. That's crazy to me. This little black boy got got thrown in jail. You know, just today in Georgia, this lady she got arrested two felonies for knocking on a door in a building she works at. <laughs> yep. So yes, the laws the laws might be created by federal Democrats, but the laws are institutionalized by local Republicans. And so, if you create a war, uh, if you create a law for domestic terrorists, suddenly you're defining the black community in a different way. Once there's a new administration, exactly, and and that's what people are not going to sit down and listen to. Right. Antifa will be designated as a bunch of terrorists, and they're going to try and come after their guns. Right. Meanwhile, the people on the right who, you know, literally kicked in the fucking doors at the Capitol, mm-hmm. uh, well, they were very fine people on both sides. Yeah. Fucking stupid. It's, it is, if there is any question about the way that things are unequivocally handled in this country, January 6th should have answered a lot of questions for you. It of really course. should have. Yeah. And and if you fail to see that, well, <clears throat> that's on you. Because it wasn't all that long ago that they were putting up barriers around the White House because a bunch of black people were pissed that they were being treated as less than equal. That's right. They had the National Guard standing on steps, fully armed. Mm-hmm. It was gross. It was January gross. January sixth. We got a few cops, and we couldn't get anybody else. And that right. that should tell you all that you need to know. Because I guarantee you, had any of those had any of those militias showed up, really truly armed to the teeth, a couple of a couple of dead cops would have been the least of your worries. Yeah, I, th- I you know it's a touchy subject. I believe in equal rights and i believe racism exists and it should be stamped out and i really 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 wish that it was so that we could move on to the other groups like i heard i keep hearing this phrase this disproportionately affects black and brown americans this disproportionately affects black and brown voters and i i wanted to say i said it on twitter is that yes it also disproportionately affects the disabled the homeless the poor the frontline worker and others as well not instead of and we need to get to that point where we realize where the blm movement realizes that disabled people are also being treated like shit and lend their voice to that that the women's march realizes that lgbtq rights are being stamped on as well and lends their voice to that and i i'm so tired of these camps shouting their their slogans in the air and it goes nowhere because the camp right next to them can't lend their voice to them or it discredits them in some way there's disabled people in all those groups lend your voice to it and there's race in all the disabled people lend your voice to that we have to start coming together like that we can't just stay divided and fight when BLM fights, 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 everything becomes 
related in these perspective of race and you're seeing race where it isn't and you're seeing race where it is but you're also not seeing the inequalities that are going on right next to you and it it really bugs me and i i struggle with this because i feel slightly racist because i'm a white guy saying hey blm share the spotlight when i know for 400 years they've been waiting for the spotlight you know well I mean that's the and and I think that's the frustration in in all of this is is that you know really the fight for equality is is everybody's fight you know yeah. and and I think and that's and that's the tough part is 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 that everybody who's been who has suffered under some form of oppression you know wants their turn in the spotlight and the reality is is that <clears throat> the the things that, you know, Black Lives Matter fought for versus, you know, some of their primary, their primary issue versus, you know, I would say people with disabilities, this is that the largest difference is, is that you're not getting gunned down for carrying a walking stick or sitting in a wheelchair. No, Whereas we're, you've we're got, just picked on individually with exactly. hate. Exactly. And, and that's just it, is, is that there's, there's a real disconnect there. When the reality needs to be that <clears throat> there needs to be one fight for equality. That's right. Containing representatives all of from all of those. And if you don't have a representative, look, the spotlight is just your turn to be pandered on. It doesn't mean Joe Biden is going to make radical moves towards racial equality. It just means in every statement that any left makes from media to politician, it has to include the word disproportionately affects black and brown people. But there's no teeth behind that statement. It's just your turn to be pandered on. You know what I mean? And and that's the same thing. There's nothing going to be action for disabled people because at the human level, people want to look down on people, and race is an easy way to do that. Um, sexual orientation is an easy way to do that, to look judge you and look down on you. Disability, the same thing. People naturally want to feel superior, and the easiest way they do that in America is looking down on others instead of building others up and feeling proud about that. Mm -hmm. which you know which is really which is really annoying and really frustrating in that <laughs> it's you know the only difference the only difference between you know high school and now is just that in high school you got picked on and you know it didn't have necessarily any financial ramifications or right. anything like that but, but now you get picked on and it's you know you might not get a job or you might not get a house or you might not be able to you know, walk down the street wearing a hoodie without getting gunned down. Right. Or just you know, picked on for your social media. Like employers look at your social media now and they can they <clears throat> can't let you go. They can fire you for your social media. I'm seeing it happen all the time. You know, and that's you know, that's the trouble with social media though, is is that I, I've struggled with this one personally because you know as someone who looks at the Constitution, you know, the answer to free speech is, is that, no, the government cannot censor you. And that's really, that's really the extent of it, is the government cannot right. censor you. <laughs> but that does not mean that, you know, if you have an opinion, your employer is going to side with you on it, or even think that you should continue to be employed because of your opinion. And this is where, you know... We all, you know, you you have to ask yourself in the days of in the days prior to social media, 
was anything like this really truly an issue? And the answer is yes. It's just that now it's more amplified. Why? Because you can take a story and suddenly have it get millions of views yeah. to find out, you know, hey, I, this person was fired because they said Antifa and their boss, you know, thinks Antifa is a terrorist organization. Right. Or, <clears throat> you know, this person got fired because they supported the previous administration and that person happened to think that the previous administration was racist. And that is that is going to be a struggle in the social media world, which is where I say, you know, social media has evolved away from what it was when we were kids and started using it, oh, where we yeah. were just sending stupid pictures of ourselves to our friends yeah. and poke wars. And, you know, it's <laughs> not what it once was. Yeah. No. It was fun. It was, it was crazy. It was goofy. And now it's just, anger and vitriol and he said she said and mm. you know constant screaming into your own sounding board and deleting yeah. everybody who's not in your sounding board yeah yeah I had a, there was a, a there was an instagram and this guy was responding to a trump supporter and i told him you're just you're just giving him the attention he wants and then i i commented again wait a minute are you responding because you're trying to get attention and then i left another comment saying wait is that what i'm doing now and the guy literally went on this rant are you telling me you support and i was like what and then uh, so i deleted the comment because it was supposed to be a joke you know what i mean but then he right. came back and he's like i reread your comment i'm really sorry I, I i misunderstood that because there was about 40 comments going on and i was responding to a bunch of them but <laughs> yes i agree with you right <laughs> You know, and, and that's what's so crazy about all of this is, is that social media, you know, what used to be just our circle of friends is has become this weird attempt to become Facebook famous or TikTok yeah. famous or, yeah. or YouTube famous or Twitter famous. And it's not actually, you know, like we talk about, it's not actually about offering solutions. It's about amplifying problems. That's right. And responding and, to criticisms angrily so that angrily. way the next per so that way the next person responds angrily yep. you know it, it, that's not helping anything or and crying oh i got picked on because i made a video yes you got picked on for your nipples sticking out because your nipples were sticking out and men are looking at your nipples they're looking at every woman's videos nipples it's disgusting men are pigs <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, you know, it's kind of like people don't watch NASCAR because they're thinking, oh, this is a great, fine day to watch cars go in circles. Right. They're waiting for a fucking accident. Hell yeah, my first NASCAR race I watched, Dale Earnhardt Jr. died. And then uh, Dale Earnhardt or died. And then, and then the next one, nobody died. And I was like, this is a letdown. I don't like this. <laughs> you know, then that's just it, is, is that... You know, and, and that's what social media has become. We're just waiting we're just waiting to interact with or burn the next person that's gonna right. say something stupid. Right. And the worst part is is, is that it, it the spin has gotten so good that you could burn somebody and the opposite side is gonna say, Watch this person have an angry meltdown and get owned by and it's like Yep. Because that's their goal, Jeffrey. That's their goal. The trolls, they just want you to react. That's the win for them. That's the win. It doesn't matter what you say. It's just that you're saying it to them. And the left is the same way. We pick that. We go, 
God, you're stupid. There's a TikTok where this guy's like, how stupid does the left think we are? And honestly, there's hundreds of duets with it with people going, pretty stupid. And that's not the way to work. That's not the way to do this. That's not, <laughs> that's not the way to do this. You know, it, it, it's like watching two, it's like watching two mules just sit there and bray at each other. <laughs> and they're just trying to, they're just trying to be louder than each other. Yeah. And, and somehow people think that being louder is, is equal to being correct. And that's no, 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 that's, that's never been how it is. Like, which is I, why, which is why people get really frustrated arguing with me is because I'll be sitting there and I'll be railing against somebody on the right and they're like, ha yeah, that's right. You show yeah. them. And I'm going to be like, oh, I haven't even started on you yet. You sit your ass down because it's your turn next. That's right. That's right. There was this uh, radio DJ in Chicago and he said, you love me or you hate me. You're, su you're following me. You're supporting me. It's those people that just ignore me that I can't stand because I get nothing back from them. So exactly. I learned at an early age. I'm not going to pay attention to you if you're if you're not worthwhile, you know. And that's just it. Is is that it really doesn't take a whole hell of a lot for people to realize I'm just going to step into something and there's not going to be any sort of resolution here. Right. Because most, you know, you've got two, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, you've got a couple different types of people when it comes to the straight interactions. You've got the people who are going in looking for a fight, and you've got the people who are going in looking for an education. Right. And on the opposite side, you have people going in looking for a fight, and you have people going in looking to educate. And... Right. Yeah, and you, that 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 crisscross of how you're going to intersect is a mess because while you might be trying to educate somebody, when you're trying to educate somebody who's just looking for a fight, you're not actually going to teach them anything. And if you've got somebody who's looking for an education and you're just looking to fight with somebody, you're just going to get them to shut down and think that your point is stupid because and, oh, you're just looking, no. you're just looking to argue and fight. That doesn't right. make any sense. It, that's the, the weird thing is somebody speaks out of turn and irrationally about the point they're trying to make. They're shut down and criticized and their points are immediately null and void and not valid anymore. And right. I'm going to say, 74 million people voted for Trump because they see something's wrong and that needs to be addressed whether it's right or wrong. I, I, my, my first wife, I used to tell my mother-in-law all the time, look, feelings are real. That's what you need to d address. You can't dismiss it because you don't feel like dealing with it. She might right. be irrational. She might be wrong, but that's the starting point. That's not the finishing point. And we need to get past that with everybody in this America. Look, 74 million people, they feel a variety of different ways about the direction the country is going in. And we need to address that and find out how we can incorporate that to sand off the rough edges you know and, then, and that's just it is is that people stopped looking to listen and people stopped looking to learn you know looking to teach right. because everybody is pissed off that they've had to repeat the same thing over and over again and i get it but when it comes to teaching people you have to look back at the system we're brought up in yeah. How much of your schooling is just people repeating stuff, the same thing over and over again, because you're teaching different people. 
Right. Or you're having to explain it again to somebody who just didn't quite get it. And that's, you know, that's cool too. And I get, I get the, the frustration and the aggravation and the exhaustion of having to constantly teach people the same thing, the same point over right. and over again, it just, it not becomes, be a shitty human being to other people. It becomes more obvious to you, but to this person you're teaching, it's always a revelation and exciting. I had this thought that American history taught in school was was written by the winners but america's history <laughs> is written by the losers you know right and i think that's a profound statement to make i'm not quite sure i i just don't agree with the education system as it is right now but that is a giant topic that we should just have well, a and, and that's exactly you know and and but that's but that, that's world history in general yeah. you know history history is written by the winners but the 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 history of something is is well written by the losers right it's felt <clears throat> by the loser written by the winners felt by the losers exactly you know and i guarantee you can go back to to rome and see the same issues crop up of course you know 2000 years ago that's 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 not surprising yeah, that just means the system that we've been basing our beliefs on, this democracy, has valid aspects to it, but doesn't mean that it's completely uncorruptible. You know what I mean? Oh, well, every every governmental type is corruptible. Mm. I mean, you even you even look at this complete ideal utopia of communism, where you know the noble goal of everybody working together for a common good. Yep. should be should be something that people go hmm that sounds very nice and on paper it reads very well in practice like everything else it is entirely corruptible do you when know you the have... town, do you know the town of sunny the town of sunny sunny what is it sunny belize belgium no oh my gosh it's right between ukraine and the b country <laughs> <laughs> sunny was sunny was going to be this utopia of communism where they raised their own food you know they were self-sustainable um and all of this stuff but then it was immediately evacuated in the first year and never brought back because of chernobyl and mm -hmm. so communism had this real neat sort of outlook going for it in sunny and i wish i could remember the name of that country man i belarus Belarus, thank you. Yes, it's in Belarus, and it was abandoned. And it didn't really have to be because the levels of radiation that landed there weren't all that high. And so, but it just, when you think of communism, you think of it in a certain way, bread lines and stuff. But the truth is, is they were working towards an ideal that I think I'm, I love the idea of a self-sustainable town that yeah. has resources and when it has an abundance of resources shares with other towns in a variety of ways that you know mm -hmm. so, and that's where it was going i don't like communism as it stands right now but i like the idea that it could be and as an independent i feel i can pick from the cherry tree the orange tree and the banana tree all at the same time i don't have to say i like the Republican agenda, even though I don't like 30% of it, I like a majority of it. No, that's not how I, I get to do it a different way. Like, mm -hmm. as a libertarian, at some point you're going to butt up against what's libertarian and mm -hmm. what's 
But as an independent, I get to pick and choose what I like about libertarians and what I like about progressives and what I like about communism and socialism and, you know. Right. You know, and, and really, you know, even within the libertarian idea, being self-sufficient while being able to mm-hmm. trade with others and keep the government out of it. You know, hey, great. You know, I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of eggs or a bunch of lettuce or a bunch of tomatoes, yeah. you know. I should be able to go to my neighbor and say, hey, you know, I got a bunch of leftovers. You want to trade some stuff? You should. I've lived on a dead and, end. And, and, not have to, and not have to worry about the government being like, hey, do I get my cut of that? Right. And the you answer know, the text, is no. The tax, the tax man's coming in going, oh, you got to pay for those seeds. You got to pay for everything else. You got to pay for and that's where, like, you know. And that's where, you know, I feel like the barter system, as a, as a libertarian, the barter system has a place within the place within libertarianism in Hell that, yeah. you know, there's the understanding that there are goods that I'm going to have to go out and buy because, you know, the, the thing about money is, is that it made it easy for people to sit down and say, okay, you know, a dollar, you know, $2 is going to buy you a dozen eggs. $2 is going to buy you, you know, a half gallon of milk. $2 is going to buy you. So that way you have this ability to have equal trade. And you don't have this issue of, okay, well, 12 eggs is worth, you know, uh, you know, a dozen, you know, a dozen tomatoes to me on this guy, but it's only worth half a dozen tomatoes to this other guy. You know, the issue, the issue there is, is that everybody has their own internal compass and internal calculations as to what their, what their product is worth, depending on who they're interacting with. Money has made it so that way it's easier to sit down and say, you know, your product is worth $2, $2 is worth, you know, this or this or this or this. And it allows for, you know, I would say more fair trade. But at the same time, too, that $2, as we're coming to find out now, especially in a place where you have sales tax, that $2 isn't worth $2. Mm-mm. $2 is worth $1.80. Yep. But that's the thing, a libertarian and a progressive, a Democrat and a Republican, we all want progress. It's just, it, the, the question is, who's in charge of that progress? You know yep. what I mean? <clears throat> yep. And to me, you know, whenever I see government involvement, most of the time you don't see the progress that you want to see. There, there are times when it definitely is, is necessary and incumbent upon the government to create mm-hmm. progress. But more more often than not, you end up seeing how government creates inequalities and yeah. how it allows them to be enforced. That's right. Everybody complaining about the systemic racism within our government, that's in our government. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. And and so that's where, you know, that's where I get real frustrated as a libertarian where I see people go, No, but if we pass these new laws and if we pass these new laws, and I'm like you're arguing that the government is fundamentally racist, and your argument is, is that we should use the government that's fundamentally racist to pass new laws mm-hmm. and enforce them in a not racist way. Right. Okay. I'm going to go back here again, and let's repeat this. You're claiming the government is racist, you want a bunch of new laws, and you want the government that is inherently racist to enforce these new laws. I mean, please. Please. You, we're, we're seeing this path here. You're not actually fixing the inherent racism in the government. You're allowing new avenues for it to continue down. Yeah, because if you have 
99% non-racist creating laws, you still got that 1% that's enacting the laws. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. They get to see them how they want. And that that is the Jim Crow Reconstruction era of you jaywalked, you're going to lose your voting rights. Oh, you jaywalked, you're going to get a slap on the wrist. You're going to jail for 40 years because you're black and you jaywalked, you're going to get a ticket because you're white and you jaywalked. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just it, you know, and, and so that's, that's where I struggle with, you know, the whole, the whole next step of, you know, like, for example, mm-hmm. gun control is always a really hot debate and I love to talk about it, mm. you know, so here's what you got. You got a government that's fundamentally racist. Yep. Okay. So we're going to use that government to pass new gun control laws that are going to require background checks, right? Yep. Okay. So you have a government that is fundamentally racist that is disproportionately arresting and charging young black men with charges that will cause them to lose their ability to buy a gun legally, right? Yep. Okay, so we're going to enforce these laws, these background checks, in a way that is going to prevent young black men from being able to buy guns because we haven't fixed the root issue of the government is fundamentally racist in enforcing laws that create these charges Mm. against young black men. So that way they can't have these rights. Yeah. Or my other personal favorite, you know, the mental health question. Okay. So we, we, we think that the, you know, when it comes to gun control, that we need to, we need to look at it from a mental health perspective. I do think that there's an avenue of mental health issues that needs to be explored. Personally, I think the CDC needs to study gun violence in the case of mental health. Of course. Because here's because as a scientist, you're saying that what you're going to study is, is that gun violence is a mental health issue. And as a scientist, you know, you have to prove the null hypothesis. So gun crime is a is 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 is, is because of mental health issues. And so when you study this and if you come to find out that no, in fact, gun crime is not uh is not because of mental health issues. That means that you don't have the mental health issue. It's a gun issue. I see it just the opposite. I see. Whereas, whereas if you if you do the tests and the study comes back and says yes, there's a direct correlation between mental health and gun violence, then uh, it's a mental health issue that you have to address. So let's say that it's a mental health issue, just for argument's sake. It has to be. You you would hope. You would hope. You're putting a gun in the hand of something that will break down. Every human is going to eventually suffer mental deterioration, and you're give, putting a gun in the hand of something <coughs> like that. So, so, so here's, here's where it gets fun. So if we say that it's a mental health issue, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you have, a gun, you have a government that fundamentally has issues, Right. Totally. You decide that you're going to pass, you're deciding that you want background check laws where you want people that are deemed to have sufficient mental health issues be registered. Mm -hmm. But you oppose background checks. So if you do all of the studies and you determine that it's a mental health issue and that you decide that you need to look at people in terms of mental health and gun ownership, that means you have to have some type of registration from people with mental health issues in order to be able to catch them on a background check. And so even if, you, and even if you do manage to get that universal background check in, 
you now have this database of people that have mental health issues or right. what 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 your government would deem as sufficient mental health issues yeah who so then the question and, and and so who defines that exactly it because according to some governors they see LGBT as a mental health issue that's right so does that mean gay people shouldn't have guns I I, I do not think so I think gay people should have more guns and I believe the LGBT a treated a treated mental uh, a treated mental disability is different than an untreated one a bad day is an untreated one you know what i mean and 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 so even if you were to get universal background checks in you have opened this door of there are groups of people that are going to be dis disproportionately affected by these quote-unquote mental health laws. If you, if you live in a state where they think that being LGBTQ is a mental health issue and they, and they put it on their registration, mm -hmm. that means that people who are LGBTQ are never going to be able to own guns. That's right. It's just a way to look down on other so, people. So while you might want this to pass and you might want this to catch the people who do have mental health issues the reality is is that i'm looking at how it's going to affect people that don't are not going to are not thinking about how it will affect them because who's who's going to be unable to defend themselves hmm. if you live in a state where racism is very rampant but now you have laws that are more universal and allowing black men to not have firearms because mm -hmm. of previous convictions. Whether or not, you know, the, the whole issue of whether, you know, how, how people are continuously punished after they've served their sentences is a topic that we've kind of talked about a bit. Oh, yeah. But the reality is, is, is that that continuation of that sentence long into their, you know, into their 30s and 40s and not Most being able to life. get their, not being able to have their rights restored. Right. That continuous punishment for whatever they did or didn't do as kids. Mm-hmm. The laws that you seek to put in place are going to be used against people that you do not intend for them to be used against. I get that you want to catch a bunch of angry white people that are shooting up places. I, you're I get gonna, it. You're going to develop laws as a blanket across the country, and you're going to have racists in Texas suddenly charging people with 72-hour mental holds to get that on their file so that they can't hold a, have a gun. So you're trying to make a law for the man in Montana teaching his kid, his 12-year-old, how to shoot with a long gun, and you're trying to fit that law as well into Miami where people are killing people and 900 guns were, were um, confiscated at spring break and so mm -hmm. you can't do that the federal government's role is to blanket coverage the country and it needs to fit every situation and that's why it's supposed to be well thought out if you're having an issue with guns in chicago chicago and illinois should deal with that in their way and they might become a model <coughs> cities but there's no reason why a, a the way you enforce gun rights in chicago and illinois should make sense in nebraska you know what i mean so i'm i'm not in favor of federal stuff like that voting rights is a federal issue and should be handled by the federal government and there should be a baseline for that but i don't think the government should get involved in some of the stuff that states would do differently and honestly right. 
I hate to say this, if you don't like the state you live in, you gotta move. Like, <laughs> just, you gotta move. I moved from Illinois to Florida. I fucking hate Florida. But I'm here because I think if I'm here and other people move here, maybe it'll get better. So if you're in Georgia, fucking move to Florida. Help me change Florida. It's got a coastline, you know? <laughs> And, and and here's and that's what's so crazy about this all is is that like it's that whole the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. The good intention is catching all of these people that are doing mass shootings. Right. And and it's a noble goal. I truly do believe it. But it is going to impact other communities in such a way that you're not going to catch the people that you're wanting to catch. You're just going to make it harder for people who are otherwise law-abiding citizens to be able to own yeah. And that's, you know, <clears throat> the Republicans do a shit job of explaining that. Yeah. They do a terrible job. Oh, well, you're just trying to make it harder for... No, let me explain to you how this actually affects law-abiding citizens. Because, like I said, if, if you think it's a mental health thing, Mm -hmm. And you and states allow are allowed to determine that LGBTQ is a mental health issue. What you have in effect done is made it so that way the LGBTQ community cannot arm and defend itself against people who would like to see them dead. I mean, how many black trans women were killed last year? Something on the order of like, was it 23? Yeah. I mean, think about that for a second. If you, and, and I mean, even just in the news that I was reading, you know, there were three people that were just, I think, convicted of beating a gay man to death. Yep. And just Tallahassee, a trans man that was having a bad day got shot to death because he was having a bad day. But that's the thing. You're, you you want to enact laws. You you know, you can be as liberal as you want. You can be Bernie Sanders enacting a law. The truth is, is if you believe that there's systemic racism in the police system, in the criminal justice system, you do not want to give them that power because the law might putting be putting the cart before the horse. You might the law might be used to protect a certain segment, but it will be eventually trickled down to racists using it. And if you believe that the police are are disproportionately affecting black and brown communities through violence, which I do, you can't then give them an, another weapon in their arsenal to attack those people. You have to yeah. think about the, what you're, you have to think about what you're offering in the, in, in everybody's perspective. When you make a law, you have to say, how is this going to affect women? How's it going to affect men? How's it? And you have to go down the line, all the way down, and and ask yourself, and then say, well, it disproportionately affects communists in this country, but that's a small minority. Like you have to rationalize that stuff. You know what I mean? And you can't mm -hmm. you can't take your largest voting demographic blocks: women, black people, disabled people, uh, LGBT people. And you can't disenfranchise them because and expect to keep them, which is what the Democrats do. At least the Republicans say, we're never going to get you, you know, because you don't see it our way. <laughs> and I don't, right. like, I don't like the Republicans. I do not like what they're doing. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. But if California requires a state ID or a driver's license to vote or register for absentee vote, you can't say Georgia can't try that too. But I think Georgia has thrown... 40 things out there into law because they know that 
the Democrats are going to fight those and they're going to get three. You know, a judge might say, yeah, no, people can get water in lines. They can do this, but you can also keep your uh, control over local election boards. And that's what's disgusting. They're overwhelming the system, hoping that something passes like a drug dealer he got yeah. four, you got 40 tunnels you're racing all your weed to the border 10 trucks get caught but two get through that's what the republican agenda is and they are at war right now in america mm -hmm. because america is 59 percent white and they are so worried they are fighting for that nine percent so we might think that they're stupid i don't think they're stupid i think they have an agenda and a platform and they're following it and their agenda mm -hmm. is to take back america and that everybody wants the the vision of america that they want republicans want a white america they want minorities to get everything they want while staying in their place and that's an important thing to know they don't see it as as oppressing you they see you uh, trying to get out of your station trying to get past where they think you should be in this world and that goes for people of disabilities and people of color you know mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what's important to know they're not naive they're not stupid they're not going i just don't see it the same way they're going fuck you i know what you're saying and i'm going to keep doing what i want because this is a war for america and in in 10 percent we're going to lose the majority and that's it for america it's over white people will have no say and that's just not true <laughs> it's not true you know and and, <clears throat> and that's the funny thing to watch you but you know the reality is, is i'm watching two parties two dying parties fight fight over the last vestiges of power yeah because <clears throat> as a libertarian all i want is i want people to be able to make their own way in the way that they want to make their own way you know you have the right to swing your fist as hard and as fast as you want but your right to swing your fist ends where my nose begins that's right and that's really and that's really what it boils down to is is that you do you it's fantastic i think it's great you know i like to i i in fact am somebody who likes to celebrate the fact that you know we have such diverse culture yep. you know i think it's fantastic seeing people make their own way and i like to support that me too i don't want to change it because mm -hmm. hey that's and it's none of my business you know right. i think it's fantastic that we have the kind of rich diversity that we have and i think it's great that they each get to find and make their own way that's you and i don't like the government getting involved in it inherently because you know if you're going to say the government is racist adding more controls to the government doesn't fix the racism problem <laughs> Right, right. And when you don't care about who you're electing, and you leave it up to the rest of the country to do it, that's going to happen. You're going to get more racists in there. <laughs> you know, which is, which is why I think the libertarians and the progressives tend to get along. We just fight on, we just fight on the role of government. Yeah. It's like, we like the end goal. You know, I want communities of color to be able to grow and succeed and make their way. I do too. It's just the differences is that I, you know, the you know the progressives want to see the the government get more involved in making that equality happen, and I think the best way to do that is to get government away from them because uh -huh. government has systemically oppressed them. <laughs> 
Well, and it shouldn't be a race to who can spend more in the deficit, right? Like Donald exactly. Trump spent seven trillion, so we get to spend seven trillion. Exactly. And we're going to help the people instead of corporations. But the corporations, guess what? They're still getting their permanent tax break, while our taxes under the Trump tax break plan are going to go up every two years until 2027 but the corporate taxes they're going to stay low and so and nobody's talking nobody's nobody's adjusted that yet oh it's mm. crazy what the republicans did for their trickle-down economics but you're not stopping that with an executive order you know you're not fighting for that in the senate right now you're fighting over voting rights which i believe is important but god damn it it should be a non-issue like this was a 2013 regulation that the supreme court deemed outdated and needed review the, the supreme court didn't say it was a bad idea and should be thrown out entirely they said update this shit like everything else gets updated my right. software gets updated every every three minutes but we can't update our voter <laughs> rights laws in the federal government every what 10 years so and that's just it is you know and that's by design and that's by design by both parties i want to make that very clear yeah you know because the issue isn't the issue right now between the two you know between having two parties is not it's not an issue of whether or not you're right it's whether or not you have control mm. and that's literally it is that's all they're fighting for is control they're not fighting to show that you know they are right they're fighting for control. They're, you know, both parties are playing not to lose at this point, and it's been very clear because playing to win and playing not to lose are two very different outcomes. Yep. Yeah. Trying to hold on to power and trying to use that power for good are two separate things, too. Yeah, and that's and and that's what I'm watching, and that's why I'm like, great. I want to yeah. see the Republican Party split and break to hell. I want to see the Democratic Party split and break to hell. Yeah, I personally would love to be able to work with with progressives on 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 certain issues they, because you need to. It's like salt without pepper. It's like lemon without lime. You need you need an opposing view in the room. You know. You know, and that's just it is, is that, you know, re as a libertarian, realistically, do I think that we're going to be able to get the government out of everything? No, but I think that, you know, realistically, I can work with progressives to get to the end goal and get government out of some things that it doesn't need to be involved in. I'm not stupid. I don't think that there needs to be zero government involved. Right. I just want to get it down to as little as possible because that means there's more money focused on the issue that we're trying to solve. Wait, there's things that every American needs. And that's Absolutely. what the government is there for. But uh, it, there's, there's things that people in Montana care about that People in Chicago don't, and that's where the government needs to stay out. I do want to say thank you for listening to Public Access America. You can find us on Amazon Music and Audible now, which is pretty exciting, and have a great day. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, Tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for
Stitcher Smart Radio app, Audible, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. 